Okay, misery question. Um, you are mentoring someone. If someone sees you as, you know, you've been somewhere I haven't been, and they're young, and they're aggressive, and they got the fire in the belly, and you're, you know, they're saying, how do I go to the path that you went, blah, blah, blah. We've all had that. And you can only tell that person one mistake that cost you greatly. That's all you can do in this, in this lunch. Think of the one mistake you made that you like this person, you want them to develop. What's the one mistake you would tell them, hey, I did this, make sure you don't do this. Or, hey, I didn't do this, make sure you do this, but a mistake that cost you something. What would you tell them? First thing in your mind. First wife. First wife? <laughs> yeah, I know what you on that one, John. Buy a gap from the thousand years. Yes. What else? Not being willing to make the hard decision when, um, when it was time to make it. Specifics? Not just the hard decision, but make the hard decision when it's time to make it and don't Correct. push it down. Yep. We'll get to that. That's good. What else? Don't, don't go alone. Don't go alone. Don't go alone. Don't move in isolation. What did, I, what did that cost you, you think? Years of, of struggle. Struggle. Mistakes like, made. Mistakes made. Judgment errors. Success. Oh. Thwarted. I mean, just... How it affected you. Yeah, lots of personal good. pain. Yeah. Good. Yeah. One more. One mistake to say, whatever you do, don't do what I did here. By the way, I was serious about the wife thing. I mean, I could have framed it more artfully, but that's being serious. Oh, wait a minute. Let me deal with the psychology of that. What did you... Uh, I always talk to, When people talk about their first wife, I want you to own something. What reality about her did you deliberately ignore for some other game? I want you to own this. Uh... I took the path of least resistance. Meaning? Meaning, I saw some flags, red flags, we're having some fun. Instead of pulling the fucking band-aid off, I thought, let's give it a shot. Because? Because I didn't want a confrontation. Okay, there you go. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> now I got so you. So she asked you to marry her? Basically, that happens. Basically, but, basically, yeah, but she's, she's Canadian. She needs immigration. Uh, uh, but it's the conflict avoidance yeah. of, you know, ah, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too much trouble. So I made it better. Yeah. That, see, that, that was money right there. Mm -hmm. You won't do that again. Well, thanks, Doc. This is, uh, just want to try to make you feel better. This is um, basically my kind of compilation from working with a bunch of high performers on this, the things that will get, I mean, on demographic level to get you guys in trouble. And so you'll look at this list, and my takeaway for y'all is you'll look at the list and you'll go, I'm okay, and bop, 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 wow, I better watch that one. I'm on the edge of the precipice of it. So I'm, I want to get you a little bit afraid in a healthy way of, Ooh, as he's getting a number three or four or seven, I could be close to that one. The one you're vulnerable to. And then uh, we'll short things. So, you know, sometimes the didacticus are more playing offense. How to get out there, message people, inspire people, understand their character. Sometimes it's defense. And this is a defense one. I, want, I, want, I feel a little bit protective on this one. Like, let's make sure you don't get to the cliff and some issues so you can, you know, win. All right? Great passage is... Um, Matthew 10, 16, where Jesus also said to be careful. He was sending the disciples out to the world, and he said, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. You're in a dangerous place. Therefore, be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. And I just love that passage because I think innocence is a good thing. We've got to be ethical, moral guys. 
But you've got to be shrewd and strategic too. And there's no, there's no conflict yeah. neurologically, philosophically, or anything between being very strategic and shrewd and having high morals and ethics. You can, you can win both ways. Good guys win, right? What does innocence does mean? Innocent is in what way? Um, innocent from um, characterological or ethical uh, breaches. Um, so, um, three things to remember about this. This is kind of like in the how to get these in your head. First, um, I'm assuming something about you that you've, certain, you've all reached a certain level of achievement. You've gone some places that are good places, not everybody gets to go, and that you have assembled your resources around you. Okay, so I'm, I'm assuming there's an infrastructure around you. Because it was kind of like, can we do that thing where we're like really talking? Yeah. So some of them just aren't used to that world. You be the, you be the advocate. You, you actually, what, uh, my, this has really been a transformation for my wife. You gave her some advice when we were at the AIA function um, around just asking her friends who were doing a lot of dumping. I remember that conversation. And, uh, and she took it to heart. And it's really changed because she was having a lot of these conversations already, but she was the one that was really doing the, the listening. And she started telling them, listen, can you just be quiet for a minute? Tactfully. Yeah. She's nice mm -hmm. and I am. Can you just be quiet for a minute? I got some things I need to share. There you go. And the relationships have deepened. And now she found that I think she has probably five or six or seven of these. And it's also lessened her need for me to be that person at the end of the day. There you go. Rather, so now she, she's giving it some other place. And the girlfriends are probably happy. They're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know Melissa. Yeah, I didn't know you needed me now. too. Yeah, she, I do. I'm right happy. People, people are happy to do it, except for his friends. Yeah. Okay. Hey, John, um, John. Yeah. If you're vulnerable, you initiate the vulnerability. It's amazing how then that gets reciprocated. They show up. It, they, they will. We're built. I mean, oh, God, wow, really God built it into our DNA. Well, they, they may not do it right away, but eventually they will because they're. Yeah, we got to train our friends. Like, hey, I'm, I'm cheating him because I'm just listening to him open up. Uh, here's the next one: uh, neglecting high capacity relationships. This is a huge issue, especially if you're a high capacity person, because um, we tend, especially. Or I'm gonna go to, into your office for a second. Sometimes we tend, kind of like what Vern was, we we're talking about earlier. We tend to kind of take care of everybody in the office, and I have a I have a model of leadership that's the the wheel model versus the web model. I think I might have done this last year. And the wheel model is here I am, I'm the leader, and here's all the spokes. So CFO, HR, marketing, strategy, IT, sales, admin. And where's the dependency? What's everybody dependent on? This guy right here. And there's something about we like to feel needed, we like to feel helpful, we want to be the center of things. And then the kids don't play well together. When they've got a problem, I was working with a guy, he was great company, he was in the manufacturing world, but CFO and marketing, which always hate each other, would go, I gotta talk to you about him. Have you talked to him yet? And, and the guy, my client would go, have you talked to him about him? And they went, I can't, he's impossible. And they would go tattletale to daddy and suck up all of his time. And I said, this is your fault. You're creating dependency because you want to be in the middle of things. And I moved him to the web. And I'm not a good artist, obviously. But a web, like a spider web, the leader's still in the middle. But everybody's connected to everybody else. You create teams. You create community. They're talking to each other. And you do not allow somebody to go to you with a problem unless they talk to that other person first. Maybe a couple times. Don't create the dependency here. You've got to, because you will create regressed people, dependent people, you'll create lower functioning people. 
these people are going to take it to the next level because they rock and roll with each other and they're innovative and they argue and, you, and it's one of the best things in my life is to walk into one of my organizations and see people like sitting over the kitchen table arguing about something I'm not even there but they care about the mission there and they, they feel something and I'm, I'm just kind of like hi guys I'm going to get my iced tea and go I love that instead of you know oh answer the question for us so move into these because you're developing people don't let them get that dependent on you let them let the community do it. Um, failure to connect the dots between your fruits and your themes. Um, Can we slow down? What was the? What are the high capacity relationships you talked about? Um, setting up, well, you know, not being the center of the wheel, but yeah. are those your high capacity yeah. relationships These around the web? People, HR, CFO, blah 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 blah. These same people are connected to each other and it develops their capacity. Oh, so it's their relationships it's, it's, with yeah. each other. It, okay. it's, 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 it's developmental for them, and then you're doing what only you do best, right? John? Yeah. I'm making that transition. You're moving from wheel to yeah, wheel. Yeah, and, and here's my problem. Is I just I just delegated a major project down in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And so now I'm sitting here going, all right, now what do I do? I'm, I'm really in this void huh. in this. Like, you mean with all my free time? Yeah, I got some free time here. So now I'm, I'm thinking, you know, guilt sets in because I'm, yeah. I'm, I have this free time. And so, I mean, I've got a couple of things I, I have to do. You're right week. where I want you. Play guitar. <laughs> But this is really. Yeah, I'm thinking. All right, now what do I do? So I think I got to the office in the morning and strategize and figure out what do I do with this extra time. Well, I think you need to buy another business. I think that'll really solve most of this bill. Just and, work hard. and serve missions yeah, just, more. Yes. I think. I love this tension. Anyway, I, I, I'm, that's what so, I'm struggling with. So you said you felt the vacuum because you're finally doing some delegation. You got the right people, and the guilt set in. Yeah, the guilt set in. And then what does the guilt say? Just what's the self-talk? Um, Again, if I'm not pushing the pedal to the metal and I'm not busy all the time, uh, people will look at me as uh, he's lazy, he's worthless, he's, he's sloughing off. Uh, people will look at me. So there's an externalized thing like the community or the, my industry or my employees or people in my... Yeah, or, yeah, or, or you know, the, the people that report to me will look at me as, hey, he's just sitting back there feet up on the desk and I'm out here working my butt off. You know? Do you take it to the next level where you, where you think that they'll say, hey, if the boss is, if the boss is slacking, then fuck it. Why don't I start slacking a little bit too and it starts permeating down the organization? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some of that fear, yeah. yeah. That might, that might well, there's always two things to do with that space. I'm really glad you're doing the delegation. And space number one is I do what only I can do. You know, the model of Am I developing people? Am I guarding the vision? Am I doing the strategy? And am I creating alliances? The big four in my model. One of those is like, why don't I just do what only I can do? And the other is, why don't I do something else? I mean, when people do really big, well in a job, sometimes they get there at 10 and they leave at 3. And healthy people that work for you go, they don't go, what a slacker. They go, that's what I want to be. I want to work so hard and so well that I can have the freedom to take this time off and do whatever I want to in my life. I think that's one of the hardest things to adjust to in, as your organization grows, is those, those, those moments of time where you stretch and the organization grows and they take on really great work and then they're doing it. And then there's those gaps of, of time that could last days, weeks, sometimes months where you actually just don't know what to do. 
at other tough times. Yeah, but you got to go when you're when you're in those places. You got to go back to the four. Am I training my people? Am I am I crafting the vision mission? Am I guarding the strategy? And am I creating external alliances and networks with other people out there to keep the biz dev and pipeline going down? Can you repeat those? Yeah, the model is um, the four the four uh, tasks that only the CEO or owner can do are they've got to guard the mission and vision. They've got to be the pit bull because nobody else is going to guard it but them. They've got to um, drive the strategy. Go from point A to point B and be the person that makes sure it gets shepherded. They've got to have external alliances, networking. They got to, you know, you got to be having lunch with somebody in the entertainment field and real estate field and IT just to keep your brain innovative because there's so much going on. Otherwise, you get really, really stuck. And the fourth one is you got to develop your leaders. So when in doubt, go to those four or, or play golf. How about self-care? That's shit. golf. I'd like zero for four minutes. Well, I mean, maybe I'll try a strategy. Yeah, you're probably strong on strategy, but, but that's what people who are at the top do. That's the model. Jim, you said something too about being in the, the area where you're focused. You kind of mentioned that. I mean, one of those four things, staying in your, is that part of that, just staying in your strength? Or not? Yeah, well, I look at it like a rotating thing. Every week I need to do something meaningful in those things. If I'm not doing something meaningful in those four things, I'm kind of out of balance, and, and then the wheels will come off in the co-organization. All right, um, failure to connect the dots between your fruits and your themes. Um, just a huge issue because we tend to be we tend to be looking at either the wins or the losses, you know, as our report card. Right, so we, you know, this guy makes 15 after the net, and that's a win, right? Or you lost a lot of money, or you had a key hire leave, or the market changed, or whatever, and that's a loss. Well, that's important to look at in a lagging kind of way. But the real issue is you've got to go to the why, and because this is the fruit. Your wins and losses are your fruit. And the root is down here with other things. This is the reaping, right? You're supposed to reap like the Bible says, but this is the sowing. And you've got to go to the whys, and the whys tend to be either because of your own character, who was the one that said, I hope, like I like what Zeke said, I didn't, I didn't confront some things and nip them in the bud when I should have. That was a character thing that cost him. He's working on that. Or it's because of a structural problem. I don't have the right systems and processes. Or it's because of a talent problem. Or character, structure, or my talent. Or it's because of the focus. I don't have people focused. To talent structure, character structure, your talent, your focus, and so what we tend to do—the big mistakes people make—is that we we knee jerk and we go tactical. Like for example, a company, um, you know, they're 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 not making the sales numbers, and sales numbers are kind of lifeblood. And so the manager, the sucky manager, will say, "Well, make more sales, make more phone calls." 
and then just drives them harder. Well, that's not really effective. It might be, why aren't they making the sales? Well, maybe you're not training them. Maybe you're not empowering them. Maybe you don't give them clarity. I was having dinner with a guy who's 25 years old. He's a vice president. He'll, he's a son of an owner. He'll probably inherit the company. Nice guy. <clears throat> but uh, he was telling me how he's working because his, his dad put him in sales to kind of get ready for it. <coughs> and I was asking him how he's doing. He said, oh, man, I got this guy who's just, you know, he's 45 and I'm 25, but I'm telling you what, I, uh, I got this guy and he's got a lot of talent. But I told him, you know, you work for me. And the quota is my quota. I said, yeah, so, I, I said, well, how's that working? He said, well, I mean, he's hearing me. I said, I said, do you really think that's effective? I said, what? He said, what do you mean? I said, how do you know that he, why he's not making? Do you, did you ask him why? He said, no, I had just told him, you know, you, you, here's the rules, here's what I require. I said, we all have requirements, but if I were honestly, I mean, we're having dinner, we're friends. <laughs> if I was working for you and you said, I'm, you're working for me and I have a quota, I would just start looking for another job. There's lots of jobs for salespeople out there. Do you know anything about his family? about the stresses he's under, how clear you are about the requirements, how much you've resourced him, how hard the market is right now. And he goes, no. I said, well, you're not ready. I mean, love you, you're not ready. So get to the why. That's why I love that question. Why is it happening? Because then you'll get down to the root. Don't get anxious and trigger and try to fix the fruit. Work harder, stay up later. The answer is rarely staying up later. The answer is rarely for guys like y'all's, y'all's timber, the answer is rarely work weekends. The answer is rarely work nights. I've just never seen that make a transformative company. It's pulling back and letting things kind of like fall on your head a bit and people screaming. And I've had to do this a million times. People are screaming and all this. And you sit back with, and with somebody you care about that's kind of out of the system and say, I need to rethink everything. And you find out I was afraid of something or I, you know, I didn't do a hard thing or I, my self-care was bad, and things got better. But you've got to have that space where it's all rainy, where somebody can just get away with you for an hour or two and work it out. Don't be, don't be, don't be reactive and fruit-oriented. Or in a, on a system level, don't be tactical until you know what the strategy is. Don't say, well, this month we'll, we'll, uh, we'll sell people rabbit foot on a chain as a lucky charm, and we'll have more barbecues. That's <coughs> tactics. Got to get to the deeper issues. Really important. Somebody had, Vern, did you have a question? No, just taking it in, thank you. Uh, number five, kicking the can down the road. <laughs> uh, it's a big problem when, um, when there's something that you just don't want to do and you put it off. Um, I'll give you an example. Like my assistant, Christine's great, and we've got a, she's the best assistant I've ever had. And, I was giving her a performance review and working on that. And I had this, uh, since I'm so dependent on her because it's just me and her and a few other people, we have this uh, little syncing thing called Wonderlist as an app. And Wonderlist is, it's, it's my to-do list. Here's what I want by when and, and, and she'll, it's how we talk when I'm on planes or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, did you call so-and-so? Did you do this? And this is due by when. And I was looking at the list and it had 30 things on it which is a lot to do in a day. Yeah. And then um, the next day, all those things were now, like there were 30 things on Monday, and it was the same 30 on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and the same 30 things on Wednesday. <laughs> and I sat down and I said, I don't think our system's working here. I said, you're just kicking the can down the road. And then I found out how much I've been overwhelming her and throwing stuff at her that she can't do, and I said, okay, let's fix all this. So I said, 
Number one, how much of your life is my list? She said 30%. 7% is doing your planes and doing your air travel, doing your phone calls, doing your appointments. And so 30% of the things you want are in. I said, okay, I get it. So I got to remember that. How many can you do a day? Because you, you can't do 30 because you haven't been doing 30. You just kick in the can down the road. And she goes, I can do five of these things a day. I said, well, you're being codependent. You're just afraid of me. So I'm, I am releasing you from the 30. What I want, I'm going to hold you to your five. I want you to tell me, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's really important to me. And if I give you more than five, it's my bad. And you tell me, you kick my butt and say, you told me you just give me five. And so I give her five every day that are most important, work out together, and everything changed. <coughs> now she's getting five done every day, and then I'll go to her and I'll say, get this done, and she'll go, well, you've already got too much on me on Tuesday. And I'll say, well, I'll take this one and put it here. Or I'll say, well, crap, okay, do, do it next week. Now whose problem is it? Is it her problem? It's my problem, where it should be. I'm the one determining the schedule. She is holding me to what I've committed to her, and it's really working. And if I, if I scream and yell and say, I've got to see that guy, she, all she says is, what do you want to not do? Tell me what to not do, and instead of, I'll stay up later, I'll just take it away. And I went, it worked. So we're not kicking the, road, the can down the road anymore. Get to the important stuff. Um, number six, avoid the onerous high value for the easiest low value. And what I mean by that is there's good and there's best and you guys get in trouble with good because you got so many things that people want over you and they're good things you're not robbing banks you're not shooting drugs things, <clears throat> but you've got to do, start doing the less of good things and I, I have a little model for that that really helps me I call it the three D's when you're doing too many good things you realize you're not getting the best things remember the best of those four I just said Here's my three. You got to drop it. I just got there's some things I can't get done. I can't, I can't like have a lunch with everybody, everybody I love. I can't do this project on going digital this month. I'm trying to make my office digital and get out of paper, right? But I can't do it this month. I drop it, or I delegate it and bring it to somebody else, make it somebody else's problem, or I dole it. Meaning, I pay somebody else, I outsource it because I don't want to pay somebody full-time for it. I can't delegate because everybody's busy. Then I just call somebody and I spend the money and say, I'm, I'm doling this out to you and I'll pay for it. Those are the three Ds. And you've got to start doing that more to get to the best things. Just use the three Ds. When you look at your time, dull, delegate, or drop it. What? I'm not saying or just do it. Or do it? Oh, I'm saying don't do it. Like, yeah, so you said do whatever you guys do about three days, okay? Yes, right. But what's, how's, that, how's, that, how's that come with good and best? Uh, how's that oh, okay. Side? Remember the best? <coughs> I mean, I'm giving you kind of the 30,000. The best is the four CEO directives. You know, the things that only you can do, the things I mentioned, the guarding and the strategy and all that. Whatever is in the way of that, you've got, you got to do this. Drop it, delegate it, or it. Anything that interferes with those four is going to be a compromise to the integrity, excellence, sustainability of your organization. It's just how it works. There was a line in the book that uh, said, and I don't know if you exactly right, paraphrase it a bit, that obstacles rarely get in the way of your big goals. Uh, what gets in the way are, is a clear path to lesser goals. 
I love, love, love that statement. Mm -hmm. That was like so physics. That's yeah. the physics of the matter. Yeah. And then um, a passive stance in critical alliances. Um, I think, here's my experience. If you look at the introvert, extrovert, you know the, the Myers-Briggs, everybody knows the difference, and we all know that. Introvert gets energy from being alone in the cave, extroverts gets energy from the relationships. Probably most high-performing people, this is kind of, this isn't statistical, it's me, are more on the introversion level. They're very social and they like people and they, they're out there, but they get more energy from the cave. Being alone, getting their head together, going hunting, prayer, having a glass of wine, looking at the, at the sky, taking their bow and shooting everything in the world. But they, you guys tend to get more, some of you get more energy from people, but most of you get the energy from the inner world. But, you're, but you've got a good persona on the outside. People like you, you care about people, but it doesn't bring you that much energy. My point is, this has a tendency to make you not make the necessary alliances. Because since to feel good, you got to get alone, then you don't think, you know, I really need to call Sam or Sally and have a lunch or have a breakfast. You've got to force yourself to do that. So make sure you're getting your energy. But you need to calendar people that are outside your bailiwick, people that are outside your industry. This is why, why I love, as crazy as he was, I love Steve Jobs. Because he was always, I mean, he was looking at art and he was looking at, uh, I mean, he was like a, a left brain, right brain genius. And so you look at the interesting people in your contact list and think, you know, this person's life. I mean, they're in agriculture or they're in manufacturing plastics or they're in the movie business. Have, you know, a lunch a month with people like that because that's where the real players in, in, a, in, a, in a network world are really starting to have new ideas. This disruptive thing is a real thing. And if you don't do this, you kind of stay in your industry and stay with the people you're comfortable with, you're going to start to see trend lines go the wrong way. So take the initiative. Even if you're an introvert, take the initiative to have those lunches. Really, really stimulating. I do it all the time. Well, there was a phrase you used last month, open-ended alignments. Mm -hmm. And I, wasn't, I had an idea what that meant, but I wasn't sure that I captured all of it. Open system. What's that? Open system alliances. Did they use the word system or ended? No, I think you said like uh, some. I think it was open-ended alignments. And uh, what I thought you were meaning was was this, where you're meeting with people with no real key agenda or objective, but you're building those relationships.